This Marketplace podcast is supported by the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, producing ideas that shape business and markets. University of Chicago Booth School of Business, the talent incubator for entrepreneurs. ChicagoBooth.edu. Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Boston's longest day is finally over. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Balance your life with dollar signs. Tune into Marketplace Money this weekend for a look at the issues affecting your wallet. Whether it's investing, renting an apartment, or sending your kid off to college, we'll help you navigate. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Friday, the 19th of April. Good, as always, to have you with us. Greater Boston is back in business tonight. Watertown included. Just a couple of minutes ago, Boston police confirmed the second suspect is in custody. Kurt Nickers from WBUR is in Watertown. Kurt, good to have you with us. It's great to be with you, Kai. So what happened? All, all I saw on my Twitter feed and on uh, local television from Boston was uh, cheers going up as the crowd sort of gathered. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the police had basically surrounded a boat in a yard that was just outside of the core area where they had been searching and, uh, and, and were able to convince the suspect to, to give himself up and, uh, and, which which is just unbelievable. It's it takes a huge weight off of the minds of everybody here in Watertown and all around Boston. And I'll tell you that business is going to be good at bars tonight. Uh, I bet it will. What's it like there in Watertown? Are you seeing people actually come out of their houses now? Finally, after this long day. Yeah, and they did a few hours ago when the governor lifted the restriction. They basically conceded that they had not been able to find the suspect within this core 20-block area that they had been searching so carefully. And in fact, this where the suspect was found was, was just outside of this zone. So people had started coming out, and that may have actually been the break in finding this, the, the suspect, people starting to come out of their homes and, and notice, noticing something that wasn't quite right. But, uh, but that was happening around Boston, but everybody was coming out really with this worry that, that the suspect was still out there somewhere. So this right. changes everything. Uh, in addition to the bars, I imagine regular businesses uh, in and around Boston will be greeting the dawn of, of Saturday morning with, with eagerness and commerce, yes? Yeah, and it did. some of that business did begin this evening, but when the restrictions were lifted, it, it happened pretty late in the day, and everybody had been told to stay home. So at the time that the, the T, the public transportation here, and that the buses started running, that's normally the time people start heading home. People were home already, so people did go out. They, they visited some, some stores, they picked up groceries, started doing things like that. Tomorrow, it really begins in earnest. Kurt Nickish from WBUR in Boston. We got him in Watertown, where the second suspect in marathon bombing has been arrested this evening. He's on his way to the hospital, actually, is what we're told. Kurt, thanks very much. You got it. So you take a metropolitan area of, what, 4 million people, plus or minus, and you try to lock it down tight. Tough enough to do, even with instructions, but... How much is it going to cost you once you figure it out, and how do you get it done? Marketplace's David Gura has that story. 
Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick made the call early this morning, and quickly and systematically, the lockdown was underway. Peter Boynton is the co-director of the Costas Research Institute for Homeland Security at Northeastern University in Boston. He says the fact that a lockdown of this size happened so fast and so smoothly is because of investments at the federal, state, and local levels made after the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. Additional and helpful equipment, staffing and personnel, and then also training and exercising. New emergency notification systems like Alert Boston got the word out, citywide, but also at the neighborhood level by email and text message. Law enforcement used social media and electronic billboards. They went through photos and videos from hundreds of surveillance cameras installed across greater Boston. And all that costs money. Typically, uh, equipment of this sort in the post-9-11 era has been paid for to a large degree by federal grants. Grants that also paid for personnel and for improving how first responders communicate.